millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Alexi Schmidt, Milos Teodosic, Joey Devine, Jan Vaselli, Sergio Rodriguez. Nicolo, Juan Carlos Navarro, special guest Eve Sturgis, Patreon Andrew Key, thank you Andrew, Eric Gunderson, thank you Eric, Justin Sowa, thank you Justin, musical guest Captain Beefheart and his magic man, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with a permanent co-host, a comedian, writer, warriorsworld.com that's not it's not that's, warriors world it's, it's, it's golden it's, state of mind i kept telling people it was warriors world <laughs> weeks in weeks in uh golden state of mind.com contributor uh america's uncle dad sean keen sean how are you i'm good i'm good i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have my first piece in a little while um schedule related piece of what uh, did like a piece on Golden State oh, for an article. Yeah, yeah. Article, gotcha, I'm sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> piece of like, ace. Piece of pie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Finally, a piece of the rock. Um, 
it's uh, a lot of people are writing about the best uh, matchups in the NBA schedule. I am writing about the most likely schedule losses mm-hmm. of the NBA season. Very exciting. Mark your calendars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commenters are going to hate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how are you, Joey? I'm a okay, dude. I finished Heat 2. Pretty sad about that because I was uh, loving sorry. every fucking second. <laughs> I um, am uh I am I am in the midst of a phenomenal book that uh I'm not sure I'll finish before my library loan ends, but I don't want to spoil it because I think it's gonna be the next round book rock when we finally finish the Tiger Woods book. Uh but it is about a certain senator who takes his penis out a lot and calls it jumbo to mm-hmm. debate people. Um, That's well, your I'll tell you right now. Uh, look, I know Robert Caro's, uh, um, you know, manifesto about uh, LBJ is supposedly uh, like one of the great works of American <laughs> literature. But uh, trust me when I tell you, it's no heat too, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm no, gonna use my time here to plug heat two. Go by heat two. What what what's going on, Sean? Can I ask a quick question about heat two? Yeah, for sure, dog. It seems like most of the characters from Heat One are deceased. Is that correct? Well, it's par- in part a sequel to Heat. Okay. But it's also in parts a prequel to Heat. Oh, okay. Then it's it's kind of like if um uh, Michael Mann wrote The Godfather Part Two, kinda. Yeah, but except <laughs> a better movie because it's Heat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, uh, a large chunk is Val Kilmer on the run, right? Because he's basically the only one who lived, except Al Pacino and John Voight. Uh, their characters, of course, uh, Detective Hannah and Nate. And also Nate. who could forget Nate? Uh, and also don't forget uh, also um, the man in the wheelchair who invented the Internet in heat. Yeah, uh, he's also in it quite oh, a bit. Oh, good. Um, Al Gore. Is yeah. Name, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so ha- a third of the story is that uh, are, are those guys post heat. And then a third, like, uh, I would say a good, actually two thirds of the story is that. And then a third of the story is a, um, previous. Wayne Gro's family. Wayne Gro's family. No, no. Uh, Wayne well, there is origin. like a new Wayne Gro. I will oh, say that. Okay. He does okay. introduce a new Wayne Gro, like a new evil scumbag. Uh-huh. So yeah, a third is a bank heist they did. Well, not a bank heist, but a heist the crew did in 1988. And then another third is this new evil character guy. All right. So uh, who ties everything together? Okay, that rules. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were going to cast a new young Neil McCauley for the 1988 heist. This is sort of the problem. I don't know how he says he's going to make it into a movie, Sean. I don't know how he's going to do it. Because there's a lot of Pacino in this book, and uh-huh. no one can play that character. You got young, you get young Hannah and Heat Hannah, and God. I don't know how who plays that other than the they're Pacino. gonna they're gonna end up casting Miles Teller, and it's yeah. gonna be terrible. <laughs> um, I uh, you've got a great ass. 
Uh, he's got his head all the way up it. I don't know. I, what I will say is um, New Kilmer is easy because it's very clearly written for Hemsworth. It feels oh, like yeah. almost a completely different character to the point when he goes to visit Nate eventually. Nate goes, you're like a different guy. And it feels like it's the guy from Black Hat. Is yeah, just in the, this one now. of the one yeah. of the great movie characters of the decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's character in Black Hat, whose name I do not remember, <laughs> may not have ever processed. I'm just like, yeah, it's Chris Hemsworth. He's a hacker. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the director's cut of Black Hat, dude. Oh, um, so tight. <laughs> Gonna be so tight. All right. Um, okay, this has been Michael Mann Corner. Yeah. Anyway, everyone get heat to. Um, you know it's good because Hideo Kojima has been tweeting about it constantly. You know wow. who he is, Sean? I don't. I was he like... Is, he, he's the man who uh, wrote Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh. Well, uh, then. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Sean, before we get to the news and our wonderful guest, Eve Sturgis... Yes. Um, I wanted to play you something here. Uh, The NBA 2K released a video recently. I don't know if it was this week, but I saw it yesterday. And it's only a minute long. It's not the full video, but I just want to play you this video here real quick. Okay, please. This is Josh Giddy introducing you to NBA 2K23's My Team Mode. This year, take more control than ever before on your journey to assembling your very own dream team of the greatest NBA superstars. Let's take a look at what's coming to My Team this year. Seasons are returning in My Team with more ways to progress and earn incredible rewards in every game mode on your way to level 40 and beyond. And with new seasons every six weeks, My Team is always staying fresh. With more ways for you to play and take control of your journey, let's hit the triple threat courts to see what's new. For the first time in my team, team up with your friends and your favorite cards in the brand new triple threat online, Co-op. Squad up with your friends to take on AI opponents to rise up your individual reward ladders, or compete online to get great rewards as a team. You can even match up three on three in a party game for... All right, that's all I gripped. (laughs) Um... So, Sean, my first question for you about this uh, piece of audio I just played you. How did this happen? Like, how how do you end up with Josh Giddy narrating this? I don't know. I don't even know (laughs) if he would be like the first Australian guy they asked. (laughs) So you pick a guy from the Oklahoma City Thunder, Mm -hmm. but not... Maybe maybe the third most famous guy on the Thunder? Yeah, that seems right to me. It's um, Chet, then Shay, then Giddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um But even like I would I would be like, well, I would probably I mean Ben Simmons is not gonna do it, but uh mm-hmm. that no one wants that. Um but that's weird. He seems like he would be pretty far down the sheet like if you were if you were just imagining that people had to like tape appearances for nba 2k he would he would have an early call you know what i mean yeah he would be he would be parking on the roof of the studio 
he would not have preferred parking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And nothing against Josh Giddy or anything, but like like Cade Cunningham clearly said no. Mm-hmm. Like like he's behind five different guys named Jalen on that yeah. call sheet <laughs> when they. Uh, now, Sean, my second question for you is what is your favorite line that you heard Josh Giddy say? That? Um, every time he said like, uh, was he saying triple threat? He 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 was saying triple him threat. saying triple threat was Here, my favorite thing. And I part? didn't know what it meant. Let's hit the triple threat courts to see what's new. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't know what that is at all. <laughs> but him saying that, I'm like, I don't know, I'll check that out. I'll check out the triple threat court. Because I'll tell you, this one is easy. The one where he has to say AI opponents and it's like all gobbledygook (laughs) is my favorite one. Squad up with your friends to take on AI opponents to rise up your individual reward ladders or compete online to get great rewards as a team. Because also that copy (laughs) is terrible. It's It's terrible. It's confusing. It's like... Squad up with your friends to take on AI opponents to rise up your individual reward ladders to rise or up compete your online to get great rewards as a team. His All the tenses are twice. weird, but you're rising up the ladder. You're teaming up like it's it's just like something where um, you know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. There was this trend in the 2000s and late 90s when you had um, an action movie that had some really insane premise. Mm-hmm. They would get like the best actor possible to deliver the line. So yeah. it's like that's why Anna Devere Smith is in face off describing mm-hmm. the face off procedure. Because yeah, they're yeah. like, well, she's got two Obie awards for her one woman show. This is enough. <laughs> and then and then later, um, the, the great film Deja Vu by Tony Scott um, mm-hmm. also uses Adam Goldberg for this same premise. And he just does it like he's so sick of explaining it. This nonsensical time travel thing. And he's just like, ah, yeah, it looks bad. Like he just looks like he's so tired. Anyway, um, having a guy with a strong Australian accent do your gobbledygook is certainly a choice. Well, I don't I'm even saying. think Josh Giddy's bad necessarily. You just can hear him struggling on that yeah, line. Yeah. It's very difficult. <laughs> uh, what about this one? Do you like this one? My team is always staying fresh. Yes. <laughs> also because I'm... I, I don't totally understand it in the context of the video game for oh. one thing, but also... All it makes me think of is like air fresheners and shitty sandwiches from mm-hmm. Subway. My 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 small team's always staying fresh. <laughs> what? I see. I think he's talking about a uh, uh, Poku's fit. My team oh. is always staying fresh. Oh, they look fresh. I was also like, no. Oh, I, I mean, that's on... not. No, it's about how the content changes every six. Weeks. Oh, I actually now that yeah. I think about it, it probably means that um, the organization is going to bench everyone for twenty five games <laughs> for no reason uh, to tank. Uh, do you like this one? This uh, like motivational speaker line and take control of your journey. Um, wow. I mean, that should be. I could see. Actually, I would. Can you imagine Josh Giddy like curls? covering his face just pointing on a cord and that's the title of the hardcover book take control of your journey by josh giddy <laughs> with mitch album uh and then this one's also pretty good this year take more control than ever before on your journey to assembling your very own dream team of the greatest nba superstars which i think that one is actually about uh sam presti right i was thinking that too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's his journey 
<laughs> well, anyway, um, basically what I'd like to do, Sean, the reason mm-hmm. I, I sprung this on you yes. is uh, I'd like to introduce you to Round Ball Rock's newest drop. I really hope the listeners like it because they're going to hear it a lot. And here it is. This is Josh Giddy. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> It's really happening, everybody. It's the new Hey, What's Up, Lakers fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Sean, do you want to go? Oh, wait, actually, there's one more thing I did. I figured Josh Giddy, Oklahoma legend now in the making, right? Oh, absolutely. This really helps. I, think. I, I figured I needed to mash him up with another true Oklahoma legend and that's why i made this are you kidding me where are we at in society today come after me i'm a man i'm josh giddy oh wow (laughs) all right right, sean let's go to the news This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our first story? Our first story is that Kevin Durant is staying with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the MVP of the summer. He helped a lot of people uh make content mm-hmm. we did not really talk about it that much no we, we found it boring <laughs> we were busy selling ps5s and uh reviewing videos um but yeah and and there was a certain point when he didn't get traded immediately where it really seemed like um he was just gonna stay like if he didn't get traded like in the first week you know what i mean because things didn't really change Mm-hmm. Um, but people got mad. Patrick Beverly uh, accused him of taking food out of his family's mouth. I think. I think that's what their feud was about. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty boring. And all it did was um, uh, alienate Jalen Brown. That was the main effect mm-hmm. of it. Yep. But um, honestly, it was. It's kind of like a. It it was not really about basketball. It was about a personal relationship between yes. uh, Kevin Durant and. Uh, the Nets you and know, Kyrie Irving and James Harden yeah. and Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. So so we this isn't something that you need a basketball expert to talk. No. About. These this people is, need therapy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And guess what we did, Sean? We brought what? in a marriage and family therapist to talk yes. about it. Uh, yes. Here's us talking with Eve Sturgis about how. Uh, marriage and family therapist and host of the Everything's Relative podcast uh, about how KD and Kyrie and Ben and James and Steve Nash and Sean Marks and Joe Sy and Patty Mills uh, and Nick Claxton and DeAndre Jordan, even though he's not there anymore, can heal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Garrett Temple. We want these guys to have a good relationship and become a family again. Yep. Uh, So here's that. 
We're here with uh, marriage and family therapist Eve Sturgis, but most importantly, yes, she is a therapist, but more importantly, she's the host of a podcast of her own called Everything's Relative, which is about, Eve, would you like to explain it? Because it will take me two hours, and I bet you can do it in two sentences. Sure thing, Joey. Um... Everything's Relative explores the world of people who have surprise DNA test results as adults. And um, when I say surprise DNA results, I mean they find out that they were adopted and no one ever told them or uh, their dad is not their dad for various reasons uh, or they were donor conceived. All sorts of of. Surprise variables pop up when people do those um, consumer DNA tests. So I want to talk about it. So that's what I do in my podcast. And sometimes you find out that uh, your dad was the Golden State Killer. Um, If that's that's true. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) If that's true for any of your listeners, please contact me. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have uh I actually have a lead that I'll send you off air about some uh some wild DNA stuff. So not not related to me specifically. Um my all all I would learn from a DNA test is probably that like my great grandparents were cousins or mm-hmm. something like that, I think. <laughs> I have a feeling. Okay, Sean, thank you for you've that. Met my, you've, you've met my dad, right, Joey? I don't I think there's any... I have met your dad. Um, I was going to say, of, yeah. thank you for that incredibly vague, weird aside uh, for our <laughs> listeners. Um, Sean, do you want to explain why we, bought, we brought Eve, the marriage and family therapist, on? Yeah, because... Uh, okay, so Eve, I know you're not a regular NBA fan, Uh necessarily you might you have a you have a son who is uh, a dunk enthusiast but that doesn't really relate to tracking the legs so there is a a superstar player named kevin durant uh former former member of the oklahoma city thunder former member of the golden state warriors a couple years ago he and his friend kyrie irving were both free agents and they decided to sign with the brooklyn nets and uh it has been a messy Three years so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, first, uh, Durant and and Kyrie were were mostly hurt their first year, um, and then last year there was a lot of drama. Uh, a guy named James Harden was yeah, on the they team. They brought in their other friend. And they brought in their other friend. They expanded the relationship. They had kind of a thruple, I guess, yeah. situation. Uh, and then last year, Kyrie Irving refused to get vaccinated, and so he couldn't play in many games, including all of the games at home in Brooklyn. Uh, He didn't want to get a vaccine. Uh, Some of the, there were some more injuries and then uh, their friend, James Harden forced a trade out of town. Mm -hmm. He was like, I've had it with these guys. This is too toxic. Yeah. Meanwhile. Yeah. And so in the interim, Kevin Durant signed a contract extension, which means he, signed an agreement, uh, made made a bit of a marriage with the mm. team for the next four years. It's kind of like a prenup. Uh, and then um, it sounded like Kyrie wanted to leave this offseason, but he uh, did. He kind of he kind of uh, looked at the market and there weren't a lot of options. So he opted into his large contract for next year. Then back uh, at the beginning well, of July, you're, you need to explain. There was a let point- me explain. 
Yeah, go ahead. The Kyrie Irving part. (laughs) So Kyrie Irving is in the last year of his contract, and the Nets, because of how he behaved last year over vaccinations, were refusing to extend him more. So then he half-demanded a trade, leaving him, which would in turn have left his friend Kevin Durant. But then Kevin Durant got mad at the team, but not Kyrie Irving, and he demanded a trade. Yeah, so basically Kyrie Irving had a player option for this year. He opted into that because he realized he didn't have, he sort of played, He it's basically like he asked for an open relationship with the team and then realized he was not really attractive enough Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Also, Kyrie Irving uh, believes the world is flat. Uh, His Instagram has a lot of uh, maybe, you know, the eye that's on top of the pyramid on dollar bill. I don't know what that's called. He's very into that and the symbology. Uh, I believe he's a vegan. Is he a vegan, Joey? Yep. And uh, clearly, clearly, maybe they they enjoy some recreational substances. Uh, Mm -hmm. definitely marijuana. So what happened was uh, Kyrie decided to stay. Uh, He sort of saw his options and he opted in for one more year in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And then um, Kevin Durant demanded a trade. And there was a lot of back and forth in the media. Uh, Kevin Durant likes to uh, post a lot. He's a big tweeter. He's a big Instagrammer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Likes to just argue with strangers on the internet. Uh, He's pretty into that. Uh, and then at one point he demanded that the team fire their general manager and their coach and the, the owner, the owner who is a Chinese billionaire, uh, said that he wanted to he was going to back the team. He was not going to fire them. And then this week they had a meeting in Los mm-hmm. Angeles with the coach and the general manager and the owner and then Kevin Durant and his agent. And they they agreed that they were going to go forward. They were going to maintain the relationship and stay together. Mm-hmm. So to me, this isn't so much of a basketball issue as it is a relationship issue. Mm-hmm. So I know we threw a lot of information, a lot of information there, but for the most part, it's like. He demanded some changes. He asked out of the relationship. He didn't really receive the changes. Well, but then he I, decided to stay. See, I actually have a theory behind this, which is I believe that Kevin Durant is only loyal to Kyrie Irving. And part of trying to get the two guys fired was uh, trying to get the guys who weren't go- were weren't signing Kyrie Irving fired well i I just want to get eve's take on the whole situation before we throw more i I just don't want to throw more information Mm -hmm. at her yet yeah yeah that sounds incredibly toxic uh Uh yeah it would be (laughs) that would definitely be what we call a challenging uh opportunity mm-hmm, <laughs> for mm-hmm. a therapist for a therapist um i guess that my my first question would to to durant would be would really be a lot of questions about why he's staying mm-hmm. if i were his individual therapist i'd really want to explore his expectations about staying uh, but if i was a couples therapist looking at the entire relationship i would have to address the relationship 
as the client. Uh, so I would have to talk to everybody about what is best to make the relationship as a whole thrive. Um, and so it'd probably be a lot of setting some ground rules and establishing boundaries. Now, so, um, so would one of those boundaries have to do with discussing the relationship publicly to your millions of followers on the internet? Mm-hmm. Yes. If, if it was a problem for the, the, uh, the other part people in the relationship, mm-hmm. the other members of the relationship asked for that boundary. Um, yes. And, uh, that, yeah, I would, uh, sure. <laughs> that would definitely be an appropriate thing to discuss. Um, but now, it would be up to, yeah. As a marriage and family therapist, um, would you request they bring James Harden back for a meeting, even though he left to join another team, like Dave Mustaine had to do with Metallica in uh, that documentary where Some Metallica's kind of in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if if it felt like closure or co- some kind of conversation was really needed, if it felt like he was still, we would call him like symbolically present, if he was still a part of the relationship despite his physical absence, then yeah, absolutely, it might be appropriate to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you another thing that happened with the Nets with a new person that we have <laughs> not mentioned? Okay, so yeah. they traded James Harden for this man named Ben Simmons. Oh, who right. Was, I forgot about yeah, this. <laughs> who was in an incredibly toxic relationship with the 76ers in the city of Philadelphia. Now. Yeah, he had he had refused to even play. Yeah. Uh, he would not. We, he would I'm not, not even going to get yeah, into yeah. what happened to him with the Sixers. <laughs> okay. But what I will get into is he was injured this year. And they were in the playoffs, and apparently he'd been sort of playing. He'd been practicing, but not playing in any of the games. And they had a really important playoff game. And in the group chat, the players had, they asked Ben Simmons if he was going to play in this important game. And instead of answering, Ben Simmons just left the group chat. Hmm. How would you deal that with that? Pa- <laughs> yeah, I guess I I would talk, talk to Ben Simmons and the team about passive aggressive behavior. Mm-hmm. And and I would ask him what he felt when they asked that question mm-hmm. and what his message was supposed to be by leaving the chat. Mm-hmm. And and then I might talk to the entire team uh, in, with Ben present about empathy and that maybe (laughs) um, opening their hearts and their minds to how hard it is to be on a team when you're injured and can only play a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, I would need them to tell me, but I imagine that he may have felt embarrassed or teased by that question. Mm -hmm. Um, Eve, have you ever left a group chat? That's a really good question, Joey. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I've never left a group chat. Because because Sean and I do it as a bit all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't one really of our favorite bits. seriously left a group chat. I don't think. But if I if I have, it's more like it didn't concern me. So I'm just yeah. sort of Irish exiting. That's the what group I'm thinking. Chat. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Like Emma, I think probably women get this more, but I get targeted by like uh, acquaintances on Facebook for for like MLM type things. And sometimes those are big group threads. And so I'll leave those. But Mm -hmm. um, I can't say that I have ever left to make a statement of some kind. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are not dissimilar to a multi-level marketing scheme, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I I had a question. So just focusing on Kevin Durant and the team, do you ever encounter situations where um, a friend outside the relationship becomes a toxic issue where, because I believe for the Nets, the primary relationship that they'd like to maintain is with Kevin Durant and the team. And Kyrie is more like a troublemaking friend Mm -hmm. who is sort of jeopardizing the primary. He's like if Eddie Haskell just watched loose change. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, like very smiley, Uh very positive, but, but yeah, when they, when they hired a coach, um, he, he very publicly talked about how, anyone on the team could be the, was the coach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. I would say if the primary relationship was between the team and Durant, the, the, uh, the, the toxic friend would definitely have to be discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the problem there, the problem there for Kevin and Kyrie's, point of view is Kyrie was there first and he's the reason Kevin came. So mm-hmm. isn't I think well, they came at the same time. No, they didn't. They signed like the same day. No, dude. They were both free agents oh, in 2019. Well, yeah, no, but Kyrie Kyrie's the one who recruited Kevin Durant to the Nets. But I mean they decided at the same time to go. They were right. both free but agents. It was they were Kyrie, both on... But Kyrie was the one who chose the Nets. It was the Nets or the Knicks, and Kyrie yeah, chose the I'm, Nets. I'm just saying they went at the same time. Sure, but the way the story goes is Kyrie decided mid-season before, like mid that season. Everybody knows that. Well, they had been talking about going to one of the New York yeah. teams, which would have been toxic in a different way, mm-hmm. because that owner mm-hmm. is a white man who has a blues band, and it's an <laughs> opening for the Eagles when they play at Madison Square Garden. Uh huh. And his best friend was Harvey Weinstein. But we can't talk about that. Yeah. Um, That's too much of a sidetrack. That's also toxic. <laughs> um, so, OK, so um, do you ever experience uh, situations where uh, there's a breakup? There's essentially a breakup. And then at a certain point of time later, they decide to reunite. Is that. I mean, with that aspect of it, what do you have to do differently when it's when it's some people who've decided to stay together after a minor breakup? Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. That happens all the time uh, in my in my practice, in my experience. Um, I would get them into regular couples counseling right away. Mm -hmm. I would. you know, really ask them to get really honest about what they want moving forward. Um, I would, uh, as far as doing things differently, I think, yeah, it's sort not dissimilar from what I was saying earlier. They would, there would just have to be a lot of really open, probably hard conversations about expectations and boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I and it probably individual therapy so that people could work on their own uh, habits and patterns so they could help change, you know, change them together without expecting the other person to change, which is kind of a paradox, uh, but possible. Mm-hmm. It would be really hard. It's really hard. Now- and some people, but it, it feels like it's okay to say that some people really, um, depending on your interpretation, love or are addicted to drama mm-hmm. and toxic relationships mm-hmm. yeah that, that might be happening here different yeah that is definitely different what's kind happening of, here yeah <laughs> they, get, they get a rush from the different kinds of mm-hmm. ups and downs uh-huh. that mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. um now eve have you ever had a client i know you can't talk specifically but have you ever had a client use the phrase i'm a real hooper when they're when you're talking to them, because <laughs> that's what would be happening here a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never, never have. I've never had. I'm a real hooper. Used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've had lots of phrases used, and people do really like to self-identify. Um, I would really want to explore what a real hooper means. Mm-hmm. I think we all would, honestly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the person saying it and the person hearing it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Well, apparently sure. what this person means when they say they're a real hooper is that they uh, uh, attack people on Twitter with 37 followers basically all day and then also try and get everyone fired at their job. And also seem like generally a pretty miserable person, whether they're playing hoops or not. <laughs> that's a real hooper, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, a real hooper. So somebody that's pretty aggressive, defensive. I'd want to mm-hmm. talk to them about their identity as a basketball player, their identity as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what their relationship yeah. is with the outer world and social media. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what is the symbology of a hoop? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind <laughs> of like a big ring, actually. <laughs> um, do, do you ever encounter, do you think that social media has made things different as um, just a, as a therapist because there's now this sort of element of parasocial relationships that go on as well that are sort of, necessarily secret because now there's all these avenues of basically like one-on-one communication like that i mean i guess you could always have had kind of clandestine meetings but now it seems like it's very easy to uh maybe like talk online and you know just reach out and contact people yeah essentially tampering with your one with your primary relationship yeah, I guess uh, I would just say, like, on all fronts, in all ways, social media has made everything more complicated. Mm-hmm. So. Now. Yeah, and and more and more people take social media relationships, connections, friend, you know, whatever they are, friendships or followings. That's just taken a lot more seriously. More now, and more. And I. Eve, there's another aspect of this uh Net situation that we didn't bring up, which uh, one of the guys, Kevin Durant, got fired 
is former two-time MVP Steve Nash, a man who never appeared to want to be a coach at any point, but only took the job because Kevin Durant told them to hire him, and now mm -hmm. he's trying to fire him. Does that make... Would that make the relationship even more complicated, or is it basically are we sitting in the same the same chairs here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that more and more what we would call it's interesting. Um, I would. Sorry, I'm gonna start over. Um, you could you could look at this two ways. We could look at this whole network of people as a family and mm -hmm. to treat it like a family system. And in that mm -hmm. case, we would definitely be looking at Kevin Durant as what we call the IP identified patient, mm -hmm. sort of the center of center of the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we would of course uh, acknowledge that everybody functions in, in relationship to everybody else. So while it seems like Kevin really is the troublemaker well what's interesting I... not to cut you off but to make mm -mm. a quick joke here is oftentimes <laughs> people will share videos of kevin durant's basketball highlights with the words kevin durant is a problem mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. the the uh the emoji with the steam shooting out of its mouth yeah yeah <laughs> but in that case they mean well... to guard um, but this is <laughs> a completely different problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, and think about it from a family perspective, you know, the problem child, it's, there's probably a lot of, of wants and needs. It's probably very hard to be that person. He's probably hurting a lot to be acting out so dramatically, um, and creating so many problems. So that's how we would address it as a, from a family system, from a relationship, <laughs> um, <laughs> perspective from a uh you know like a romantic lens mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. or an adult dynamic lens uh yeah i would i would uh i would i think it's more of the same i think it's more of the same and just another opportunity to ask durant what he's getting out of this these mm -hmm dynamics yeah. and and then also asking other people uh if they feel like they're con they're contributing to it mm -hmm. and what they get out of it so i remember in my limited experience with family therapy uh the the therapist had this theory that mm, when sick brag bro i know sick right, brag. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um it was just it was it was all eating disorder related oh. not to why am I bringing that up? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> but they would say, what? I just didn't want to. I didn't. I feel like that's not. I wasn't like, anyway, I don't know why I'm OK. Sean feels vulnerable right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I do feel vulnerable. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm acting out. I'm going to demand a trade off this podcast. <laughs> um, Got to go online and yell at someone. Um, there was this theory that the therapist had that uh, the other kids in the family, um, because there was um one sibling that was just drawing so much of the attention because mm -hmm. it was you know a, a difficult problem that when that situation was resolved um there would be some reciprocal acting out 
from the remaining kids who had mm-hmm. been. So my question is, would you be worried as a member of like the, the Brooklyn Nets executive group that if when if the if they were able to, you know, reform things with Kevin Durant, that maybe the center would start acting out or perhaps the shooting like guard. Like Patty Mills dead. might start. Patty, would Patty Mills uh, start be a problem? Arsons. Nick Claxton. Yeah, yeah. Nick Claxton <laughs> would start, you know, like like a very aggressive TikTok account. I don't know how that would manifest, but yeah. Yeah, the only difference is that, um, is difference or similarity is that in Sean's family situation, they were talking about it within the framework of children mm-hmm. and the basketball team is ostensibly dealing with adults. Well, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do, you do yeah. have to be a legal adult to be in the NBA, technically. Yes. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, some so, of their second round picks are like so eighteen should years you, old. Yeah, should no. you, yeah. So would it be would it be yeah would it be wise to expect uh, some acting out behavior? Sure. Would it be disappointing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Viewing this from a relationship standpoint, would you ever recommend to someone you're doing you're uh you're doing therapy on? Yeah, you do therapy on. I do people. therapy. Yeah, yeah. You uh, therapy to, the hell out of would them. Would you ever recommend to a couple or a relationship, "Hey, uh why don't you try a three-way?" But then in this case it would be a trade. Get the two of them out of town to different teams <laughs> as far away from each other as possible. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of the NBA. I might I might things. suggest that I might I might use language like space. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, space. Spacing toxicity. is very important in the modern NBA. Yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. Like, what do you? Uh, yeah, what is it that you want in your life, and how can we best manifest it? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like if people are in different places? Um, and I had I had one final question. It it seems like both of both Kyrie and Durant in remaining in this relationship, there was a factor that they might have been wanting to go with other partners in an ideal situation and then kind of settled back. Do you feel like that's somewhat doomed or is there yeah. is there a way to 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 reset and. Yeah, Have you that's... ever had someone in a relationship be like, uh, I want to marry LeBron James now? Yeah. And then yeah. LeBron <laughs> LeBron ends it because he was like, this was a casual thing. We yeah. were just <laughs> playing in a summer pro-am together. I didn't want to sign a long-term deal with you. Uh-huh. Um, and then they had to return. And, you know, well, actually, in this case, maybe their heart was a little case, broken LeBron, by LeBron James. LeBron was interested, but LeBron's team wasn't interested in being poly. It more it yeah, more yeah. seems like yeah. <laughs> well, and and uh, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving used to be in a relationship mm-hmm. together, yeah. and uh, Kyrie forced his way out of that. So yeah. I mean, it's there's <laughs> levels upon levels here. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, is that is that a problem that you ever see? Is people trying to basically thinking the grass is greener, but then not being allowed on that lawn? And going back to their own lawn, basically, that was a bad metaphor. I'm all the time, <laughs> all the t- I see it all the time. That's not unusual at all. Uh, and I don't know that the relationships are necessarily doomed. I try and stay um, 
open-minded and Mm -hmm. open-hearted about the evolution of relationships and I cannot tell the future and people go through all sorts of things together and get through all sorts of things together and an equal amount of people decide they don't want to participate in that much work or evolution Mm -hmm. and that's fine too. So like so the city of New York, do, not necessarily. Rem- do. <laughs> so like the city of New York, you remain neutral, just like the entire city is on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. don't really yeah, a dis- pick a, a side. dispassionate yeah. observer. Yeah. You see, you observe, but you don't emotionally yeah. <laughs> have any connection. Much like, I mean, the city of New York and really America with yeah. the Brooklyn Nets. I would say. Now, one final question. Um, have you ever had um, a set of patients who uh, feel like they're being watched by Ethan Hawke 24 hours a day because he is the only Brooklyn Nets fan? And uh-huh. do you think that is contributing to this? Is Ethan Hawke being around a problem here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wow. Um, that has, that case has never been brought to mm-hmm. me specifically. So you haven't done therapy uh, on the but, kid from boyhood yeah. is what you're saying. Okay. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> but, um, sure. Somebody's, um, somebody's obsession or, uh, unrelenting presence can be mm-hmm. exhausting for all sorts of reasons. Especially if they're Ethan Especially Hawk. if it's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. 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 They're Ethan Hawke. Uh, uh, take a shower, man. All right. Um, <laughs> Eve Sturgis is the host of Everything's Relative. Listen to it. It's amazing. Also, if you or a loved one feel like you need some help, get some help. There's tons of uh, great resources out there to find what you need. I'm talking to you, Kevin Durant. All right. Um. I know you're listening. <laughs> Eve, thanks so much for coming on. Where can our listeners find you online? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find me evesturgis.la. You can find me on Instagram at everything's relative. Uh, you can check out my podcast, everything's relative podcast.com. Um, and that seems like enough, enough contact, enough places, enough yeah. context mm-hmm. to, to get, Sounds good to, to me. get to me. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. Thanks again to Eve Sturgis. We are back. And you know what that means? Back to the news, Sean. And you know what? I forgot to mention we were talking about Kevin Durant. You know where he played? Oh, right. Yeah. He played in Oklahoma at, for City. the Oklahoma City Thunder. So. This is Josh Giddy. Um, all, all right. right. It's important. <laughs> Sean. Udonis Haslam is back, but also there's rumors they're retiring his jersey. I don't understand this story. <laughs> yeah, well, the 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 NBA's oldest player has returned for his 37th season in Miami. Uh, you, we we know him primarily as a dog breeder. That's his that's his true passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he's an unofficial coach. On the sidelines. He's then an he uncle. Is, we talked about that. He's last an week. uncle. Yeah. <laughs> he's Eric Spolstra's enforcer slash bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And then like down on the bottom of his interest is being a, a backup power forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a David Thorpe client. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and now what this means is uh, with Andre Iguodala still unsigned, Udonis has him. He's now the oldest player. And it means that LeBron James is no longer the oldest active player in oh, the NBA. I have one him. thing to say about that, Joey. What? Sheesh. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm. Joey, you can explain to the people how many emoticons I'm using, right? Yeah, so many. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think that if uh Udonis Haslam was gonna say something to us, mm-hmm. he'd probably say this. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm Josh Giddy. Um, wow. all right. <laughs> it's weird he'd say he was Josh Giddy, but he's actually you know? he's actually order older than Mike Gundy when he when he made that rant. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Um, um okay, so the next the next one is uh, a bit of a sad one. It comes from uh, Oklahoma City. Uh-oh. My team is always staying fresh. Oh, unfortunately, unfortunately that's not true, Josh Giddy. <laughs> Chad Holmgren is not staying fresh. He is the number two pick in the draft is out for the year with a Liz Frank injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, I looked this up on some very reputable websites called Wikipedia. Um, basically, it's when the bottom of the place where your second and third toes meet the rest of the foot bones get injured or broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it is named after a doctor who treated a guy who got shot off his horse in the Napoleonic Wars uh, by cutting off his diseased foot at that point. Cool. So so they're removing Chet's foot. They're removing Chet's foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be about a nine month injury, uh, nine month recovery. Uh, Joey, people said before this draft that Chet Holmgren could be the white Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Is it? Did that curse him? Uh, I mean, no, because it didn't really curse Kevin Durant. But uh, he yeah. Kevin Durant did have a foot injury very early. He had a so, Jones fracture. I think for once the mixtapers were right. Yeah, uh, a Jones <laughs> fracture, by the way, is uh, that happens. It's basically that same injury, but at the pinky toe. Oh, I really I thought that was when um, the counting crows step on your foot. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, la, 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 la. Um, yeah, really, uh, really doing a lot of new references this episode. I got the Kevin Crows. I got an Eddie Haskell in. What the fuck uh-huh. is going on? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, anyway, that Jones fracture is uh, a doctor named Jones who did break his foot, but it was mm-hmm. dancing and he oh, did not cut him. his toe off. Didn't cut his toe Wait, off. He was dancing. He heard himself dancing, yes. Oh, well, uh... In, like, 1901. Oh, well, let's, uh... Let's take a look at what's coming to my team this year. Not Chet Holmgren. All right. (laughs) Uh, We did have a big, big trade, though. Ooh, we did? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trades. That's right. We're talking about trades. Slash cap space URLs. You remember we talk about cap space all the time in the program. Slash cap space. Let them know that you came from us. Limited time only. Terms apply. Protected picks. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. Create yours today. That's wix.com slash woj, W-O-J, to get 10% off. 
rights to euros that are never coming. Enter code NBA at checkout for $20 off your first order. Expiring salaries. If you missed it, we launched the Recapables Billions podcast on our Recapables feed. Treating people like they're assets and not people. ZipRecruiter.com slash low post, L-O-W-E post. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Even robots know that basketball is a business, so players shouldn't have feelings because of business. Trades. All right, Sean, what happened? Who got traded? Well, the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers traded two of their franchise cornerstones, Stanley Johnson and Talon Horton Tucker, previously untouchable in trade. THT, but he's the future. He was the future, man. Uh, traded him to the Utah Jazz for Patrick Beverly. Oh, uh, my God. The, the, the Woody Woodpecker of the NBA. Sean, um, question for you before we yeah. get any more of this. Um, is Are the Lakers just trying to get Russ to, like, uh, take a buyout? Take by in the guy he hates the most. He hates him the most. Um. So in just for some history, in 2013, um, this was the the Thunder had just had traded James Harden the previous summer. They drew the Rockets in the first round. I think they were the top seed. Um, and in I think the second game of the series, uh, the Rockets started Patrick Beverly in his first NBA start, and uh, very early in the game. He was sort of harassing Russell Westbrook as he was making the pretty common move of just dribbling across half court and calling a timeout. Uh huh. And Patrick and Beverly everyone knew him. it was going to be a timeout. Everybody knew it was going to be a timeout. Patrick Beverly, in his uh, typical manic fashion, crashed into him. Uh, Westbrook hurt his knee. He was out for the remainder. It of the was playoffs. dirty. That was insanely dirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was it was. It was dirty, but I feel like it was more like clumsy. You know what I mean? Like it, it was an insane play to make. Don't get me wrong. And like very reckless. But to me, it was sort of more like, oh, Patrick Beverly can't control his own body. And he's just so full of rage or whatever. But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, he blew up his knee for no reason. Yeah. So, yes. Um, and also, uh, Russell Westbrook is the one who gave the second funniest quote ever about Patrick Beverly, which is mm-hmm. Pat Bev tricky all man. He's just running around doing nothing. Uh, the funniest one of course is when Pat Beverly yelled to Steph Curry, the next five years are mine. And Pat and Curry said, aren't you 30? No, it was 34. Aren't you th- well, he's 34, <laughs> 32. Now. Sorry, 32. It was, aren't okay. you 32? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to say, well, first, I have a question. Yeah. Joey, Taylor Horton Tucker last mm-hmm. year was uh, Lakers gave him a three year contract because uh, he was a, he was a second round pick. He became eligible They gave him a three year deal for 30 million. Uh, they chose him over Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't include him in, uh, you know, potential trades like for um, mm-hmm. hypothetically DeMar DeRozan. Uh, and uh, now he this is almost like a salary dump mm-hmm. is Taylor Horton Tucker the Taylor Kitsch of the NBA. OK, this is a very good question. Um, 
Now, Taylor Kitsch. Don't know, yeah, yeah. Taylor Kitsch is, of course, Tim Riggins on uh, the wonderful show Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on to play John Carter from Mars. Uh-huh. Uh, and the lead in Battleship. Well, I was in the same say, summer. Also, sorry. he played John Carter from uh, from the ocean in Battleship. <laughs> sorry, I and stepped then on that he one. Also played John Carter uh, from True Detective season three. Uh, drunk guy, John Carter from Drunk Guy on a Motorcycle. <laughs> That's all the only thing I remembered. Well, he was gay on that show, I believe. Wait, what? What show are we talking? True about? Detective season three. Oh, I think he's on season season two. two I mean, season two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I, all I think of is uh, Colin Farrell going nuts. Yeah, and, that's uh, the best part. And, and Rachel, uh, Rachel Adams, Adams getting roofied. <laughs> yeah, at a at a weird sex. Oh, what a what an underrated crazy series Vince of television. Vaughn staring so at a unlikable. spot on a ceiling. Um, so unlikable. Uh, the least likable performance of Vince Vaughn's career. He, um, yeah, and Taylor Kitsch. Uh, he, he also, also played, played John Carter from Waco in the David Koresh movie. Oh, right. Um, he's having a comeback. He's also uh, he's also John Carter, the weed enforcer in Oliver Stone's mm-hmm. Savages. Savages. Yep. Savages. He also alongside plays... <laughs> Ali Wong. He also plays John Carter from the CIA on the Terminal List. Currently, oh my on god. Well, maybe, maybe um, I'm, maybe I'm selling Taylor Kitsch a little short. Well, that's here. what I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, no, Taylor Herman Tucker cannot be Taylor Kitsch because Taylor Kitsch was the star of Friday Night Lights, as far as the the young people went on a show that had Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Taylor uh, Taylor Kitsch was still the star, Sean. Um, I mean, to me, this just the thing the thing about Taylor Kitsch that I think is most defining though is that uh John Carter and Battleship came out like three weeks apart. Yes. Um it just seems like uh an LA team bet very big on him mm-hmm. and then had a uh, a disastrous summer. Um yeah, I but there's a there's another guy who oh. I think Taylor Kitsch is. I mean, not <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker is. Okay. And that is Hayden Christensen. Ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Now, <laughs> I I have to say, I was not that familiar with Taylor Horton Tucker when he had potential and when apparently he was the worst player in NBA history mm-hmm. last year. <laughs> is the truth somewhere in the middle there? Or... Did he just? Yes, I, I, I don't understand why. Why I, I don't understand either extreme. I guess mm-hmm. I guess that's answering my own question. Uh, well, I have a theory. I think Taylor Horn Tucker was a very nice second round pick, like mm-hmm. a guy with like Trevor Ariza potential, and that's at like ceiling, right? Because Trevor Ariza was like really really good at one point. Um, yeah, but it took him a while to get there. Too. Yes, he was also a very young rookie in the yes. NBA, much like Taylor Horton. <clears throat> uh huh. And um, he had a pretty decent showing in the bubble on the championship team, and was also seventeen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they got an exception. Uh, LeBron actually had to legally adopt him for him to be in the NBA. 
But like, and now he has legally disowned him. That's the bet. Like, I know it hurts now that they like in with hindsight, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, they should have kept Caruso, obviously. But like, right. if you can keep one of those guys, like the nineteen-year-old who was like wing-sized versus the guy who was like in the G League and looks like the puppet the angry old man puppet Jeff Dunham has. <laughs> uh, You're well, picking the young guy. The other thing is that... Um, but also... For, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. They should have even been in that situation because this is like, just sign your second round picks to the maximum length of a deal. Yeah, they could have They could have given him... Uh, well, he only had a one-year deal. Yes, so, that's, yeah, that's what I'm what... saying. They cheaped out on their oh, second no, they had round. A two, he had a it was two. two. It was two because yeah, yeah, yeah. two's the shortest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. But they cheaped out because they're fucking cheap on the cheapest possible contract. Mm-hmm. And it fucked them. <laughs> and watch, he's yeah. going to go to the Jazz and be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing about Taylor Horton Tucker is last year was apparently this huge disappointment and basically he was just worse at finishing mm-hmm. uh he was a pretty bad three-point shooter but guess what he guess how he shot from three before that pretty bad pretty bad pretty bad so i mean i think of... the, the thing that made lakers fans upset about him is uh there there seemed to be uh some wait pat riley probably has the disease of me uh copyrighted right like uh-huh. repeat so and four four foursomed um or whatever yeah. it is four so word is that, the one yeah, actually that's yeah. not terrible but yeah uh <laughs> so like uh the the disease we'll say the disease of t going on with him uh-huh. of tht where it sort of seemed like he wasn't working that hard and didn't get better at anything no he certainly did not <laughs> get better at anything but but also um do you think there was maybe a reason that he got a little more defensive attention this year well, yes. <laughs> I mean, um, it was. <laughs> it's like uh, the, the the offense was pretty bad when LeBron was not uh, just like going through people mm-hmm. and scoring. So I don't know. Anyway, um, this is very important for the Lakers, especially because uh, they were lacking a little bit of age this year. <laughs> so, and that's not a Laker team. They've added thirty-four-year-old Patrick Beverly. Taylor Horton Tucker is 21. Stanley Johnson is only 26. That has upped the average mm-hmm. quite a bit. And uh, so well, I actually want to talk about Stanley Johnson. For a oh, second. yeah. Yeah. I yeah, feel okay. really bad for Stanley Johnson oh, here, man. actually, uh-huh. Be- because the Lakers fans were so stoked on Stanley Johnson last year because he was like the only non-depressing guy for, like, the last three months of the season. And Mm -hmm. it felt like they found this free, young rotation player. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they immediately traded him for a man who slaps the floor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, The greatest celebrator of a play and win in NBA history. Uh, Stanley Johnson last year averaged 6.7 points a game he shot 31 percent from three (laughs) but yet he was probably 
the the biggest the the, the brightest ray of light. Uh-huh. He started yeah. twenty seven games. Yeah, for the Lakers, <laughs> wasn't even on the team for a while. He was uh, not Dwight Howard. He was not Dwight Howard. He wasn't yeah. Avery Bradley. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, when you get per per thirty six. That's ten and a half points a game, baby. And it felt like poor Stanley Johnson had finally found a home. He's been he he'd been on he'd been on three other teams yeah. before. It kind of seemed like he could have found a home in Toronto, but this is this is the first time where Stanley Johnson has been on an NBA court and, and been were like excited about it. Well, and you know he's he's always it's it's easily the top offensive season he had in terms of offensive rating his defense it's also his worst defensive rating but it's the first time that those numbers have been equal and that there's not a large disparity so you know also he'll be 26 years old this season it's possible (laughs) yeah that there's like i don't think stanley johnson is ever going to achieve his uh, very starry potential especially i believe he was a high school player in los angeles which probably Mm -hmm. adds to his hype a little bit but I got to say, Stanley Johnson has proven himself as a NBA 10th man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so Patrick Beverly's coming. Uh, who's the other rumored guard they're going to acquire, Joey? I don't know. Dennis Schroeder. Oh, right. Dennis Sorry, they're re-signing Schroeder, Dennis baby. Schroeder, yeah. Man. So, <laughs> oh, also... <laughs> Joey, one more thing about Patrick Beverly. I forgot that got announced today. He has a new podcast on Barstool, on Barstool Sports. Sports. Yeah, yep. of course. So, um, yeah, I mean, he is sort of like the NBA's Pat McAfee. So it makes sense to me. All right. Um, <laughs> um, OK, so basically for the Lakers, what they're doing is, uh, you know, it, it, possible Patrick Beverly helps more. But they're really I think I think the purpose of this move is primarily to like both make it look like they did stuff and to get rid of uh, to get more cap space next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Patrick Beverly's contract expires, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't want and to maybe and maybe space. provoking that buyout. I right? don't want it. To... No, this is it, look, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Rob Polinka sucks, man. <laughs> well, the other thing is he could have just had Caruso. Like He just you know what I mean? Like, like just instead of telling Alex Caruso that because of the luxury tax, it was like they were giving him more money. Mm-hmm. They could have just actually given him the money. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here's a big question. Yeah. Does Patrick Beverly get a mural? Obviously, yes, because Juan Toscano and no, and actually, no, no, he's not going to get a mural. But Juan Toscano Anderson hasn't even played a game as a Laker yet, and he has a mural, Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is what, the Have you seen that mural? Uh no, it's inside somewhere. Um Oh, you have I, I mean I I've seen mean, photos of it. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah, mean yeah. I, didn't I thought mean you meant in person. person. <laughs> yeah. Uh so he's wearing the Mexican flag mm-hmm. draped across. Um it's like it's basically like Los Angeles skyline on one side. Yeah. And then um apparently it's a really big um <laughs> Apparently, it's a really big mural. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, he, yeah, he's wearing the Mexican flag. His jersey says Los Lakers. There's purple mountains behind him. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of looks like there's a pyramid on one side. Yeah, it's the uh, the Mayan pyramids in Mexico. Show. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, it's um, half yeah. LA skyline, half Mexico. Half Mexico. Skyline. Yeah. Um, because he's uh, the first Mexican American player to win a championship. Yeah, and, and to uh, also play for the Lakers, I don't think Eduardo Nahara played for the Lakers. He um, did not. There yeah. just have not been a lot of Mexican players. Anyway, uh, um, congratulations. Anyway, it's a cool looking mural. Yeah, but um, it's fucking stolen valor. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It's just like the many Tupac murals strewn across Los Angeles. Yeah, this uh, is that Mr. man Oakland. is from Oakland. Uh, just same as well, Tupac's not from Oakland, but you know, he's from Marin City. Um. Anyway, uh, Sean, what murals do you think they have in uh, Oklahoma City? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm going to say there's a Wayne Coyne mural, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, Aubrey McClendon in heaven, and he's surrounded by uh, like a a fracking well Mm -hmm. uh, and a, a speeding car. And then like uh, the speeding cars crashing into a federal agent who's Mm -hmm. going to arrest him for fixing prices in the natural Mm -hmm. gas market. And also Um, him and Timothy McVeigh, him and Timothy McVeigh are both uh, like like it's it's like that meme of the hands grabbing. Mm -hmm. That's him. And that's justice. Justice. Um, I think it's just uh, it's just this. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm Josh Giddy. All right. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, Sean, you want to do this last story about Dwayne Wade? We can talk about Dennis Rodman and Shaq later. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, those look, look, we'll wait till those Rodman. are forever. Stories. Rodman gets his. Okay. Uh, Dwayne Wade is a notorious water waster with mm. uh, the entire state of California in a severe drought. He and his spouse, Gabriel Union, Gabrielle yeah. Union, sorry, of Miss Congeniality and UCLA basketball and Bad Boys 3? Bad Boys 3. Two. Two? It's two, yeah. It's two. Oh, right. Yeah. Bad Boys 3 is. Oh, um, God. And then and, uh, you're forgetting the most important one. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, they exceeded their water use limit by four hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars gallons in a gallons month, in yeah. one month. Uh, other big time water wasters are the NBA adjacent Kim Kardashian and the NBA adjacent Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvester Stallone, also a big water waster. Kind of the opposite of the NBA, I would say. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone, right? I can't imagine yeah. him at a basketball like, game. Hey, I'm just really excited to see how uh, Scotty Barnes does against uh, this matchup with uh, the Cavaliers. And he's wearing mm-hmm. his cla- his fake glasses the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What do you think Dwayne Wade is doing with all that extra water? He's filling those cubes, dude. He's filling the cube. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's all like banana boat training. He's like, he's just he's just got banana boats everywhere. He's floating them. Mm-hmm. He's making sure they're watertight. He's just making sure there's no leaks because remember that time that that Mello almost drowned mm-hmm. and LeBron had to save his life. Yeah, 
Dwayne's yeah, like I mean that lie they told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that was that was that did not happen. Um, and and he just has um, a giant. The thing is, he has a giant pawn because now he's just raising sea bass mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, no, uh, I think he's LeBron made him eat. <laughs> I think he's filling cubes to send to Salt Lake City once the water worlds wars begin. Oh, okay. And 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 yeah. <laughs> does the cube is the cube still sassy? Yeah, uh, no, he's removed the AI from the cube, and now it's just a vessel. Okay, thank um, God. That cube was not the, cool. Yeah. He's got multiple of them, though. Several cubes. That's true. He did. Um, then they're all full of water, and he rinses them out a couple times a day just John, to feel something. Question for you. Which member of the Oklahoma City Thunder do you think wastes the most water? Ooh, I think it's Dort. Mm, he's so bad. controlled everywhere else in this life that's the uh-huh. only thing sometimes he just turns the water on and just watches it go down the drain and like zones out hmm. I mean that's pretty good Um, who do you think it is oh you know who I think it is actually and I'm, I'm so sorry to do this to you and the listeners I think it's the recently re-signed big man Mike Muscala. That's who I was going to say, and I've just been sitting here staring (laughs) at the board, trying to find the drop. (laughs) Uh, I can't find it for some reason. Um, You know what? That might be a blessing. For some reason, this is the one I can never find, and we use it so much. I can't believe we use it as much as we do, but we certainly do. Call me Mike Jaws of the best kept secret. Coming from Atlanta where the Hawks stay screeching. I got three goals and I ain't talking about a hat trick. One, win the championship. Two, make a smash it. Three, wait, have wait. a baby with my I lady, then something. some grandkids. These other rappers. All right, hold on. I want to do something here. Okay. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Give me okay. a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can I play these at the same time? Oh my god, <laughs> mashup time. Call me Mike Jaws of the best kid. Oh, it didn't work as well as I I wanted it to come in one because it's there's such a long beat. Yeah. Says, Call me. This is Josh Giddy. But it's too long. It's it's it's, right. it's the oh anyway. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now do you think But I Mike actually Mascala. think the answer is this is Josh Giddy. Yeah. Uh, cause he's got to wash that hair like several times a day, sure. dog. I also think that Mike Muscala might need to go to couples counseling with the beat, because mm-hmm. they're they're not aligned <laughs> right now. But also, I mean, come on. This to me is a hint that they're using up all the water. My team is always staying fresh. Um. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week I promise there will be less Josh Giddy drops, but still probably. I mean, you never know. A fair, <laughs> fair amount of Josh Giddy drops. Um, Sean, I think that's our episode. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, yeah, if you're in Elk Grove, Sacramento, I'm doing comedy under the stars on Friday, September 16th. Nice. Uh, listen to everything's relative. Eve Sturgis's podcast, uh, by Heat Two, if you mm-hmm. want to have a good old time. Um, and then, uh, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter, where at Frankie Muniz, where I'm in the wrong email, <laughs> where on, um, 
6-12-2014, I tweeted, Just cracked my phone screen, and I didn't even drop it. Bent down in skinny jeans. Kill me. Oof. Whew. Sean, did you write a song? You know, I didn't, but I'd like... Uh, I'd like to to bring back one that uh, I kind of enjoyed. That's about our friend uh, Lugens Dort, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called um, "This Is My Last Lou Dort." Wait, before we play that, we need to talk about something that we oh. act we did not talk about real quick about that uh-huh. Laker trade. Sorry, this just reminded me. Um. Sean, did you see what Mark Spears said the Lakers were doing yesterday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they delayed that transaction Uh because 824 is Kobe Bryant. It's Kobe Bryant because those are two of his numbers. Mm -hmm. Much like uh, the 4th of May is now Star Wars Day Mm -hmm. because people said, may the 4th be with you. And I believe that May 1st is in sync day because people on the Internet kept saying it's gonna be may yeah um we live in hell dog why why (laughs) are the world is being run by memes and it's possible that we just need to get on board but it 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 makes me sad Mm -hmm. um i would say that they didn't they they didn't announce that trade to honor kobe bryant yeah trading a young player away (laughs) oh yeah kobe would have hated that yeah, Kobe acquiring a veteran who yells at people. <laughs> oh, Kobe hates that. <laughs> you know what Kobe hated? Transactions on his day. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe Bryant would never demand a trade or demand, or demand that a teammate get traded. traded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do do the La- I want to see do the Lakers will they do transactions on 9/11? <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> What about like they play on Christmas every year? That's a bigger day for um, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not like it's Kobe's birthday or his death day. So now Uh we have three Kobe days every year. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's maybe that's not enough. I don't know. Can you look up transactions by day? Uh, you can do it by GM, actually. Because uh, we should look up <laughs> on. Wait, yeah, I think I can. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right, NBA historical NBA transactions on nine eleven. Oh wow! Um, oh, you can do it by date. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so on September eleventh, two thousand two, no one, no one moved on two thousand one. But on 2002, the Pistons traded Brian Cardinal, Jerry Stackhouse, and Rotka Varda to the Wizards for Hubert Davis, Rip Hamilton, and Bobby Simmons. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they sh- the that that fucked co- that trade fucked Kobe. I'll tell you that much. Um, uh, uh, Mitch Mitch Kupchak has never made a transaction on on a, any <laughs> September 11th. Yeah, I'm looking at all the transactions on 9-11. Not a lot oh, just of big ever. ones. That's the, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the only big one post, post 9-11. <laughs> okay. Any pre-9-11 ones? Because um, maybe they knew something. You know what I mean? Uh, the Golden State Warriors traded Wayne Cooper in a 1981 second-round draft pick, which became Ken Green to the Jazz for Bernard King. That's a pretty good trade. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> Boy, they they had some inside information. Do you think that trade was an inside job? Uh, yeah, sure. Al Adels, Al Adels, man. <laughs> Look, man, the Al Adels book would rule so hard. I don't think it's ever going to get written, but. Yeah. The shortest guy in the league who was also the toughest fighter. Mm-hmm. That's yep. right, baby. Wilt Chamberlain's enforcer, who was a full sh- foot shorter than him. Hell yeah. Anyway, uh, on September 11th, 2009, weirdly, the Knicks have made a lot of moves on 9-11, Ooh, Sean. Okay. I... All right. September 11th, 2006, the Knicks waved Ime Udoka. Wow. <laughs> 9 11 2009, the Knicks signed Gabe Pruitt. Uh, 9 11 2012, the Knicks signed Clay Thompson's brother Michael. Uh, 9 11 2013, the Knicks signed Chris Smith. 9 11 2013, the Knicks signed Teray Murray. Um, those are all your Knicks moves on 9 11. Uh, I will say on 9 11 2015, the Minnesota Timberwolves did hire Sam Mitchell as head coach. Um, oh, that's pretty good. So yeah, those are your, <laughs> your oh, 9-11 transactions. One. This is a good remember a guy one. 9-11-2006, the Charlotte Bobcats signed Walter Herman as a free agent. Oh, Everybody remembers Walter Herman. I believe um, he's he looked Brazilian. like Jesus. He's um, Brazilian, yeah. Um Yeah, he looked like Jesus, uh, well, sometimes when he had a beard, other times he did not have a beard, shot a lot of threes, was really good in an early 2K. All right, I brought up 2K, gotta do it one more time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, (laughs) Let's hit the triple threat courts to see what's new. All right. (laughs) Uh, Here's uh, the, the Lou Dort song. Trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. I really derailed this podcast by looking up transactions on 9-11. Thunder don't have the pieces. This is my last little dog. Keeps fouling on the three ball. Only way he scores 20 puts is in ski ball. This is my last little dog. Ferguson is in deep shit. I reach her last door. Can't trust Darius Baisley. Can't make an outside shot. He dribbles so crazily. Do you even care if Adam goes crazy? Would it be wrong? Would it be right? If he had the green light, Kepler stays hard and right. Darius Drew is playing tight. Chris Paul's contemplating homicide. Cause he kick on his man, won't let it fly. Why do the thunder always have this guy? Kick on his man, won't let it fly. Why do the thunder always have this guy? I never realized that the bench was thin. Till the trade deadline, did Presley want to win? Take in, rich in the playoffs and draw in Houston. Steven Nattles moves like a mannequin. It got ugly when Chris started punching. Hates the Rockets and Daily Bubba Gump's luncheon. Eric Gordon's thinking up like my butt crack. Shooter something PJ's nutsack. Diallo can't shoot, Roberson disappeared. Why they stopped a little ahead of the beard? Diallo can't shoot, Roberson disappeared. Why they stopped a little ahead of the beard? SGA got shafted. Blue went undrafted. He's running and he's flopping. He's flopping, he's flopping, he's flopping. 
he's so strong, freaking jumpers all long. Billy Donovan's horrified, cause he can't hurt his man, won't let him fly. Why do the thunder always have this guy? Can't hurt his man, won't let him fly. Why do the thunder always have this guy? They die, no death. Blue dots on ball. Ferguson can't explain it all. He can't go out playing this way. Can't go Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.